0: Lord, we just say, would you light that oil that we would burn brightly for you? Lord, it's your oil. You pour it out. It's your grace that's sufficient for us. It's what you give us as we just come into your presence, as we long for you. As we long for your presence. As we long for the water that is life to us. That's right. As we long for you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for that hunger and that thirst to increase. In this season, Lord. May we hunger for you and thirst for you. Oh, we want to be so close to you. May we not be those that will turn away in the last days, but those that will persevere, that will stay strong. I thank you that you take your people into a place of rest. You give your people grace. You rest your hand upon us. You're our strength. You put your spirit in us. We're not of this world. And though we're in it, we're called to be in it. We're called to be a light. But we're never called to be of it. Thank you, Lord. I am just going to share something that, and we're going to pray. We'll spend some time in prayer. Absolutely, I. I just want to share something with you, though, that like, the Lord's had me on this grace, and uh, and really just feeling like He kept saying, "I'm going to, I'm going to take you into a deeper understanding of grace." Just as we were in worship, I felt like he took me into a deeper understanding of grace. He um, just took me through some scriptures just as we were worshiping here. So I'm like, well, will just, I'm going to, if you read the, the email from today, there's, there's a word that the Lord gave me about a month ago on 319, so almost exactly a month ago. But I feel like this is, it's so important for this season that we understand how to operate in His grace and remain in His rest. And um, yes, yeah, so I'll try to move quickly through this because the Lord, I just pray <laughs> I pray that this would, by Your Spirit, Lord, You would just reveal this to each one of us in a deeper way. This isn't fun facts. This is necessary for what is going to happen and what you're taking us into. And even just in this, that the Lord is beginning to reveal just strategies. We've been talking about uh, assignments, alignment and assignments in this season. And and he's bringing us into this this time of, of there are assignments that he's placing on people. And if you don't know your assignment yet. Don't worry about the assignment. Press into him and he'll reveal the very assignment that he has for you in the season. And you may be in the assignment right now that you've been in for a while and that's where you're to stay. Don't worry about that. The key is to just remain in him. Remain in that place of rest. But as I was just processing this and the Lord was just showing me I'll say this to begin with, I feel a lot of times we think that that rest is a, is a comfortable position, and it is just the opposite. If you're in a place of comfort, you're not in a true place of rest. And I think this is where the world would say, well, if I can be comfortable with things, if I can have everything in place, that's my, that's where I feel the most at rest. The problem is, is that rest is actually you're resting on the circumstances and the things that are around you. Uh, the things that you have, maybe the job, the, the finances that you have, uh, and everything seems okay. And we call that rest, and that is never the place that the Lord intends to put us. What he, where he wants us. (laughs) I'm going to say this in a way. He wants us in a place of unrest, and and in a place of discomfort. And it's only in that place where we actually come into Him and rest in Him. But it's the place of rest is a place of faith and we we walk by faith, we live by faith the righteous ones live by faith <laughs> we're called to live by faith and faith is never what we see, uh, never satisfied with what we see or, or living by what we see in front of us I, I think it's um, John Wimber said it first and I know I've heard Bill Johnson say it and Robbie Dawkins say it but that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And so it is It is in the, in a sense, stepping out, going beyond our understanding and what's where we're comfortable, that that is actually the place of rest that he calls us to. Uh, I'm just going to show you a few scriptures. And so... Actually, let me read this. Oh, Lord, help me in this, and then we'll move into prayer, or whatever. We never know where we're going, but that's okay. God does. <laughs> so hear, this, hear the beginning part of this word, at least. I'll see how far I go on this. But, and I hope it's encouraging. I have come and I have seen a people who are, have consecrated their hearts and dedicated their lives, and my response is Yes. I feel like this is is for us. Uh, It was an encouragement to say, okay, we're we're stepping into the right place. I know sometimes I'm pounding everybody and going, guys, we've got to get here. I feel like the Lord is actually saying, look, you've actually stepped into a place where you've consecrated yourselves. There is a yes. He says, there's a double portion of my anointing, of my joy and of my peace coming on you. This is to strengthen you for the coming days, months, and years. You will need every drip of my oil as I pour over you. I'm about to command a blessing that you cannot contain, and I'm about to speak over you, sing over you, laugh over you, lavish my love over you. You are about to be swept away like a mighty rushing river that is too powerful to control or to manage. Once you get in, It will sweep you away, and it will usher you into the things of my heart. And catch that. Once you get in, there is a river. There is a part that we play, and that is getting into the river. And I think sometimes it can be a little scary to get into that river because it is a rushing river. It is out of our control. We cannot manage it. We cannot control it. We don't know the direction of it. And this is that place of faith. Faith is not just a mindset. Faith is actually an action of obedience. It's knowing His way and His will and then stepping into it. That's faith. Sometimes we say, well, I just, I believe. James says, yeah, even the demons believe. <laughs> there is a greater place that we're called to step into that, that requires that obedience. So. Um, All right, let me dive back in. So there, there, that's the river. Once you get in, you will be swept away, and, uh, and I will usher you into the things of my heart. And then he said this, you can either flow with my river, and it will be almost effortless, or you can try and manage it in the midst of my flow, and you will become exhausted. So even in getting into the river, there's a caution of don't try to control it. It's like you can try to swim upstream and you can fight it and, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll do it for a while. And then finally, like, you're going to just get exhausted. And, and you're never intended to fight the river. You're never intended to, to swim upstream. You're intended to flow with His Spirit, to move by His Spirit. In the difficulties and in the tiredness, <laughs> this is what I love. The Lord said... You will learn to rest in me. <laughs> I feel like that's been my life. And, and I'm not there. But I feel like I've been one that I'm like, Lord, I'm jumping into your river. And then I'm like, and we're going to go this way. <laughs> I'm swimming. And I'm like, Lord, this is exhausting being in your river. And the Lord is just teaching me in this season. And I'm not there yet. But how to, that I don't have to try to control it that it is a river that is he's so good and it may go places that I don't expect to go there are ways that I don't expect to go and, and this is where we go okay but Lord I'm going to trust you I'm going to walk with you in this I'm going to let you lead the way he goes, when Jesus says come to me my yoke is easy and my burden is light that first part come to me is a place of faith that's the jumping in the river you can't, you can't grab hold of the easy yoke and the, and the light weight and, and have the burden released without the first part of come to me, without getting in the river and letting go and letting him do what he wants to do. And that's that faith, risk, obedience step that we take that goes, God, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense but I know your nature. I know your character. I know who you are, and I'm going to step into that river. I'm going to step into that very thing that you've called me to, and He will sweep you off your feet. And then, don't control it. Don't try to manage it. Um, you will learn to rest in Me, as and let the flow take you. You're about to learn to live from My grace, and I think we. We hear grace, and I don't know what you think of when you think of grace, Uh, but I believe the Lord's going to give you a deeper understanding of grace even tonight and how critically important it is in our lives, that we're going to learn to actually live from this place of His grace. He says, my grace is sufficient. This is going to take on new revelational meaning that surpasses your present understanding of grace. For it is my grace that gives you the sustainable life. Take hold of me. Listen to these things. This is it. Take hold of me. Come to me. (laughs) Walk with me. That's that. Be led by my spirit. Eyes on me. The, the, The gaze that we have, the mindset that we have, everything that we're focused on, it's on Christ, it's on Him alone, it's not on circumstances. I was talking to, to Leif today, and uh, <laughs> and he goes. He was saying like, the Holy Spirit is so sensitive, and and, and it's almost like he'll kind of lift off when we get into that worldly mindset. And, and his the Spirit is the grace of like they're so connected. His grace, his Spirit. When his Spirit comes upon us, it is a grace that we have to move and operate. It's the the Spirit of Christ living in us that is a grace, but that grace can be almost lifted off of us when we get into the mindset of the world and we begin to operate in that place of of unbelief, fear, uh, where where we see things from a worldly perspective. That's where he's always saying, come up here. Get your eyes off of this stuff. Get your eyes back on me. Let me be your guide and lead you and not the things of this world. So Leif was saying, he goes, he goes, I can only do about four or five minutes of the news. He'll try to, he wants to like, he'll, you know, what's going on in the world today. And, uh, and he goes, if like, I'll p- kind of paraphrase what he was saying, but it, he was saying basically, like if he starts to watch more of the news or listen to more of the news, it's like the grace lifts. The Holy Spirit just kind of <laughs> and all of a sudden he's like, ah, and all, and the burdens and the weights come and and, all, and and everything like the mindset begins to shift. And so he's like, I know my limit of how much of that that I can take before it actually begins to affect me. and uh, and I, I think it's different for everyone, but it's it's being so sensitive to the spirit that when when our mind begins to focus on other things and and I'm like, I don't even know if we need a minute of the news. I mean, I know, I usually get the news. I don't, I just, I don't watch any news. Um, but I get the news from other people. <laughs> I get people come, did you hear about this? Nope. <laughs> What's going on? And, and, and I want to know. But I'm like, if there was a world war, I wouldn't know for weeks unless somebody actually came up and told me. <laughs> Which is maybe not good, um. I probably need to get a little more into that, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't want it to affect my mindset. And I want my eyes on Jesus, and I want his perspective on everything. And it, I feel like it's so easy for a perspective to shift, and it takes us out of, immediately out of a place of rest. Uh, and it, it almost, it, like, the grace lifts on us. So um, let me jump back into this. So take hold of me, walk with me, eyes on me, and then obey me. This is where we, we it's obedience before understanding. Don't no wait to understand things. We're, we're such a, a people of, of, well, if you just, if you can explain it to me, then I can do it. And that is not how God operates. He says, go do this. I'll tell you, I'll explain it later. Just go do it. <laughs> And uh, you know, for parents, it's just you know when kids come up to you and say, "Why, Dad?" Because I told you to. You ever say that to your kids if you have kids? Because I told you to. Because <laughs> I said so. <laughs> I think that's often the Lord, and He does reveal things at times to us. But even in the obedience, like we, there's a statement we'll say: delayed obedience is disobedience. Like when when the Lord says, "Hey." get out of the, you know, if you tell your kids, get out of the middle of the road, and they go, okay, I will, eventually. <laughs> They're probably going to get hit by a car. And uh, when the Lord says to move, we need to know His timing, and then we need to do it in His timing. Now, if He says move, it doesn't always mean in the moment, but, but understanding that we move by the Spirit, we move with Him. When He says move, we move. We don't go, well, let me first get it and understand it, and then I'll, then I'll think about it. So it says grace, it says, in this, my grace will be sufficient. And I will take you into new realms, or into realms that you have never seen or never entered. I am about to blow your mind with what I have for you. So stay close, listen, and obey. That's it. I will handle the rest, and you will remain in my rest, in the shadow of my wing. It is time to soar above the storm clouds. So I'm taking you to new heights. I'm giving you eagle vision and authority to reign from the heavenly courts. You will declare order in the court, and the enemy will be subdued. You will declare you have the right to remain silent, and the enemy will be silenced. You will decree, enemy, you're under arrest, and the enemy will be bound and imprisoned. For it is time to set my captives free. As I have said before, and I will declare it again, set my people free. Open the prison doors, release them from darkness as you reveal my light. For this year, yes, 2022 is a year of my favor upon you. This is the grace. It's not too late step up here and step out there don't be afraid don't be discouraged for i the lord will be with you and if i am with you who can be against you and then the lord just said this align and fire for in the alignment i will release you like fire an all-consuming light that burns away the darkness and gives sight to the blind a double portion of grace is coming and will remove all disgrace. Inherit what is yours. Take hold of my plans and my promises over you. Inherit the land as you go out with joy and you're led forth into the land with peace. I am with you to the ends of the earth. The land is yours. There is There is a grace to step into the assignments that the Lord has for us in this very time. Just because we're given assignments doesn't mean we can actually step into it and operate in it. We need to operate from His grace in the assignments that He's given us, and that grace is a place of rest, which, again, is a place of discomfort from the things of this world. So assignments will, will, I would say... I don't want to say always, Christy, my wife says, never use absolutes. <laughs> but I don't think the Lord ever gives assignments that you can handle on your own. And I don't think he gives assignments that that are places of just comfort. It's not, hey, I want you to go and minister on the beach and just hang out. I, I, don't, I just don't think that's the Lord. He's like, no, I want you to go into the darkest places I want you to share my gospel, and I'm going to be with you to the ends of the earth." And, and sometimes our response is, you want me to do what? <laughs> like That's insane. That's crazy. No way. Okay. That's the enemy. I rebuke you, enemy. <laughs> What's that? Get behind me, Satan. That's right. That <laughs> can't be the Lord. No, the Lord is always break, break, <laughs> kind of breaking the mold and taking us out of that place. Of, of comfort and bringing us into the discomfort. So I'll just take you through in, in Hebrews 3, and I would encourage you, uh, let me just come back to some of these verses. So in, in Hebrews 3, I'm gonna just go in verse 7. It says, uh, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice and you do not harden your hearts, as, or do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion, during the time of testing in the desert. This was right before they were going into their promised land. And I feel like these are some of the assignments. As the Lord has taken us into our assignments, there's often that time of testing where he's like, okay, I want you to step into obedience. Here we go. And, and he's, it's out of his grace, just like with the Israelites. If he would have brought them into the promised land before their hearts were prepared, they would have been eaten alive. Because the Promised Land was where they actually had to take territory, the wilderness was actually more of a place of comfort. They had everything they needed. They had manna, they had water from the rock. Their clothes didn't wear out. Like it was, it was just this place. It was the wilderness, but there was there was really not like the enemy. There wasn't a lot of uh, of military action that they had to do on that side of the of the Jordan. There was a little bit of fighting that they had to do to set things in place, but it was a much more of a place of comfort. They were there for 40 years. And then it was Joshua in a, in who the Lord told them, okay, now you're going to move. And in three days, Joshua said, you're going to go in three days. Where we've been there for 40 years, we're crossing over. And as they crossed over, everything changed. They stepped away from everything they had and stepped into something completely new and they stepped into enemy territory. It was not a place of comfort, but it was the place that they, the Lord had called them, the promised land, was the place of rest. So he says this, says, says, uh, so it was during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me, and for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation And I said, their hearts are always going astray and they do not know my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They will never enter my rest. So they were not able to enter the rest because their hearts were going astray. Because they were in a place of unbelief and they were not walking in obedience when the testings came. When the Lord tested their hearts they did not obey. And and then there's this So this is Hebrews, so there's this warning for us currently. It says, see to it, brothers, sisters, that none of you have sinful, unbelieving hearts that turn away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if we hold firmly to the end. The confidence that we had at first. Goes on to kind of repeat that again. Today, if you hear this voice, do not harden your hearts. He says it multiple times, four times in two chapters. Today, if you hear, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And this is that place of of walking in radical obedience. And then he begins to step into, so he he talks about um. Uh, I'll just read at the beginning of chapter 4 here. It says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands. So just as, just as with the Israelites, he's saying, look, that promise still stands today. So let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we have also had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message that they heard was of no value to them. Because those who heard did not combine it with faith. So there's this place of, of faith that actually enters us into rest. Um, yeah. It's, it, right after that it says, now we who have believed, that's the faith, Enter that rest, just as God had said. Yeah, let me just stop there. And then I think I just want to tie that into, so this, this, this place of faith, um, faith actually activates grace. Um, in, uh, just real quick, in, in Romans 5. Uh, 5.2 <laughs> I can find it here. 5.2 says this. Let's, I'll just read 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. I believe that the grace it, it all just kind of I would say, uh, when you boil it all down, it's it's a faith that activates grace, and it's so faith is that active movement in saying yes in obedience that activates the grace that brings us into the place of faith. I'm, I'm sorry, that brings us into the place of rest, which is in Christ, but it requires. But that rest, I guess, let me say it that way, that rest is a, it's an assignment to move into the fullness of the plan that you were actually created for. So let me just, I feel like there's so much more, but I'm not going to, I don't want to go there. Um, That's it. (laughs) Father, I just thank you uh, for the assignments that are at hand. I thank you, Lord, for a new understanding of grace that we're actually to walk in. This grace, Lord, is, is comes only by faith. And it's your spirit that moves in and through us when we say yes to the plans that you actually have for us. Lord, I pray for a boldness in this season to step fully into everything that you've called us to. Lord, I thank you that as the body of Christ, we're all given individual assignments it's not we're not all we don't all have the same assignment I love Peter he's like well what about John he's like well Jesus is like John's gonna do what I tell him to do I've got a plan for you I've got a plan for John Lord, I thank you that we have our assignment and we don't get to decide what our assignment is all we get to do is step into the very assignment that we've been given for such a time as this and it's that place, when we step fully into what you've called us to in this time, when we say yes to you, Jesus, and we, we come to you, you actually bring us into that place of rest, which is the assignment you have for us. It's what, it's what we're created for. And you put your spirit in us to move us. So I thank you for the alignment into the assignment that then we would walk into the place, the promised land, which we would have that rest. And that rest is a Sabbath rest, which we never actually step out of. We actually remain in that place. And that's in the deep, that's in the deep river that we're out of control and we're moving by your spirit and it becomes effortless. But it's scary. (laughs) So Father, I thank you for what you're leading us into. I thank you for the new season that is upon us there is a stretching that is going on right now and I, the other thing I've just been feeling I'll just say this briefly there's more to this but uh, if you're feeling like it's like, almost like things are being stripped away and it's like where you thought you kind of had everything figured out uh, the Lord by His grace will actually begin to remove those things and take you again out of that place of comfort so that you're, where you're resting and what you're resting on is Him and Him alone. And not on anything that, that you've, that that, uh, the things of this world, the things that we've rested on in the past. Lord's had me in this time, even in the past week, I feel, I was like, Lord, what is happening? I feel like I've been, like things are getting just up, flipped over, turned upside down. Everything that I thought was was kind of in place and even things that I was like, well, Lord, I've operated in this anointed. I've I've, I've seen you move in these ways. And I'm like, why is it? It's not happening the way that I expected it to happen. Like, things are not moving in that way anymore. And he's like, I'm taking you out of a place of comfort and pushing you back into that place of discomfort so that you will completely trust in me once again. And even in those places where, like, we, we step out and we step into the river, I feel like we can still get comfortable in those places. Like, oh, we've stepped out and we're now doing exactly what the Lord said. And, and then we still step back into that place of comfort. It goes from a place of, of risk into a place of comfort to us. And so the Lord constantly, what he, he says is, he goes, I, I'm pruning you over and over again. When your branches get long and you get lots of fruit and everything really is great, and you're like, this is the life. Now I'm living in the Lord. I've got long branches and lots of fruit. And then Jesus comes and he goes, ah, time to prune. And he cuts those branches off. And all of a sudden, all your nice long branches and you're seeing the fruit and all the things that the Lord is doing in your life, and he snips them all off. <laughs> and you're back to that little tiny branch and you're like, Oh no. And he does that so that we can actually increase in our fruit. He actually this is the stretching that he does. He lengthens the cords. He strengthens the stakes. He sets things to a greater capacity. But there are seasons of stretching that he's he's taking us through that actually are feel like painful and it feels like we're like we're going backwards. But we're not. We're not losing territory. We're actually establishing. He's establishing things in us to actually take us to the next level, to go from grace to grace, to go from glory to glory. So, Father, I thank you that you're taking us from glory to glory. You're bringing us into deeper revelation and understanding of who you are. that we never get satisfied. Let's say, now we understand, now we know, now we're good. Now there's always a deeper level that we get to go with you. It's a grace to grace. It's a glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know where we go from here. <laughs>
1: um What do you think?
0: Lord.
2: So I'll share on this just a little bit and then, uh, and then we'll pray it. Yesterday Mike was, Mike read that same word that I'm just gonna stop playing if you guys don't mind. The Spirit won't leave, right? <laughs> Mike shared that same word, uh, and we were praying into it down at the Capitol. We were covering the legislation in prayer yesterday from uh, from about 7:30 till noon, and as we were praying. Um, Mike read that word and I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 or 1 Corinthians 15. And I was meditating on the way down on grace. And Mike started reading a word about grace and a double portion of grace. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 10, Paul says, "But by the grace of God I am what I am." And by his grace and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. So I feel like that, that's that stepping in to faith. He operated in faith and he stepped out in the assignment of God. And he, and he said, I mean, honestly, I worked harder than any of the apostles. Like I just gave myself in faith to the work of God. And then in that place, he says, but it wasn't me when I gave myself to the work of God. It wasn't me, but it was the grace of God that was in me. And so it's this twofold. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I didn't spend his grace in vain, meaning I didn't I entered into it. And how did I enter into it? I entered into it by giving myself to the work of God. And as I gave myself to the work of God, I stepped in to the empowering grace of God for the work of God. And I feel like that's that faith that activates grace. And then that sent me to Zechariah chapter 4 because he was talking about a double portion of grace and this is just kind of clearly where you see Grace, grace, the double portion of grace in the Bible because it just says it. It says this. He's speaking to a man named Zerubbabel, and he was basically in line of the king of David. If if there would have been a throne, if there would have been a kingdom at this time, the kingdom... um, got taken away and everyone got taken to Babylon for 70 years and then after 70 years they got released and so now instead of him being called a king he's called a governor but he's of the line of David and he's tasked to build the temple of the Lord again there's nothing there's no temple it was one of the seven wonders of the world and it got decimated by Nebuchadnezzar and so the Lord says I want to dwell with my people again and then it says this so this is the man that the Lord is speaking to and he said Zerubbabel you verse 6 are not going to do this work by might you're not going to do this work by power but you're going to do this work by my spirit says the Lord of hosts now that's one of the most famous Old Testament verses right not by might not by power but by my spirit says the Lord you guys all know that a lot of us do and if you don't it's it's precious but then he says and who you who are you O great mountain before Zerubbabel so now before Zerubbabel was this mountain of opposi- of opposition the Persian king had said you must stop the work of building the temple and if you don't you will be punished now the Persian king was The leader of the world. He was the king of the world. He had conquered everyone at that time. Not everyone, but he had the largest kingdom. So, to start the work of building the temple would have been taking their lives into their hands and being ready for the most powerful army to come and wipe them out. Okay? That's a big mountain. And then they didn't have any finances to build the temple, their crops weren't growing. Well, it wasn't in a season of plenty. How do we stop the work in the fields and then give ourselves to building of the temple? Our crops will die. And there's more than that. So this huge mountain was before Zerubbabel. And then it says this. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? He says, you shall become a plain. And this is how all of those obstacles are going to be removed. It says... Zerubbabel is going to bring forward the top stone, meaning he's going to finish the work of building the temple with this, amid shouts of grace, grace to it. So the Lord said, there's a huge mountain before you. It is not going to be by your might or by your power that you are going to remove me. It's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. And you are supposed to pick up the shovel pick up the axe, do the work of building the temple, even though you're taking your life into your own hands, you're supposed to put your trust in my word, and this is how you're supposed to build it. You're supposed to step into faith by building it, and then you're supposed to shout grace, grace to the opposition. You're supposed to release the favor of God through your intercession. You're supposed to release the grace of God through your intercession to the mountain that is before you. That is the activation of faith. And then you step into the grace of God, asking for God to pour out his grace. And then you see the grace poured out. Now, the amazing thing is the historical account, when they did this, their opposition came against them. They wrote a letter to the Persian king and the Persian king changed his mind about Jerusalem. That wasn't him changes his mind on his own. That was God changing his mind. And he said, and in fact, the opposition that's around you, the Samaritans, I want them to take the tax money that they t- collect for themselves, and I want them to give that tax money to you. So all the finances get provided for, the opposition of the most great, the greatest military might gets removed, and the people are encouraged because they stepped into faith, and they saw the grace of God released And they built the temple in three years. It was an amazing effort and project to get that thing done in three years. And so when we talk about faith that activates grace, I feel like this is just a beautiful historical account of people who trusted in God and God said, shout grace, grace to it. And I think this is the season the Lord has us in. I I think I I felt the Lord on Mike's word yesterday about he's taking us into a double portion. But it's going to require kind of a greater amount of faith in this season. But the greater amount of faith is going to release a double portion of grace that we haven't known yet. Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to pray into that. And then whoever else wants to share and pray.
0: As Marcus is praying, if you want to just, if there's something you just want to pray into, that ties
2: into this, come up and pray. So, Father, we thank you. And, Lord, we picture those mountains in our mind that are opposing us right now, that are opposing the work of God in our lives, that are opposing the will of God in our lives. We look at those mountains. We even picture them in our minds right now, and we shout, Lord, release your grace. Lord, release your grace to make that mountain into a plain. Lord, release your grace and remove every demonic opposition. Lord, release your grace. We shout grace, grace over our families. We shout grace, grace over our ministry assignments. We shout grace, grace over the assignments in the marketplace you've given us. Lord, where we don't feel like there is an open door to share your gospel, Lord, we we shout grace, grace, open doors to make Jesus known. And God, we ask you for that measure of faith that you give that activates grace. We ask you that we would be bold, to take the risk, bold, to step into faith. And God, we are excited to experience the grace that is on the other side of that step. Lord, I pray for a spirit of boldness to rest upon your people. That's something else we prayed into yesterday after we prayed into this grace. We asked God for a spirit of boldness. Lord, I ask you tonight for a spirit of boldness Boldness to rest on us. Not timidity, not fear, but boldness, power, confidence in the love of God, a mind set on the spirit. And Lord, I feel I, I, I just want to pray this. I feel like there are those this week and over this past season who have been battling. Accusation from the enemy. And the voice sounds like this Who are you because you've messed up in sin? Who are you because you failed at that before? Who are you because you've done this and you've done that and it hasn't gone well? Who are you because you don't have the personality for that. You're not a gifted speaker. You're not an evangelist. And there's just, just this subtle accusation for the enemy. Lord, I ask that you would rebuke the accuser of the brethren in this season. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would silence his voice in our life. And as that accusing voice is silenced, we would step into our assignments with faith. Lord, I pray that you would shut our ears to the voice of the enemy and you would help us to recognize the voice of the enemy. And we would say no to that high and lofty voice that is raising itself against the knowledge of God. We would say no through prayer, through worship, through intercession. And also we would say no through obedience and we would step into obedience, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would silence the voice of the accuser and give us a voice only for your. Give us an ear only for your voice. In Jesus' name.
3: said me to share what he was showing me when I first came in during worship what, what he was doing with us tonight that he was revealing to me and so I just let the Holy Spirit just minister to you and open up to whatever he has for you in this, grab a hold of whatever, whatever part of this might be for you as soon as I walked in it's like i could see a gentle rain falling over the whole sanctuary over all of us and it was just i immediately heard times of refreshing and it speaks of that in acts 319 it talks about the times of refreshing and i just kept seeing it for the longest time that he was just pouring out the rain of his presence the rain of his spirit and every other aspect of his nature that we need in the very places we needed. It was, it was going into us. It was not landing on us and washing off. It was going into us. And I looked up what refreshing in the original text, Greek in Acts 319. And he was saying it's, it's a refreshing where there's been battle, where we're weary, where we're dry, and where we just need refreshing of the spirit. But it was also a refreshing that was preparing us to walk the vision, the path, the assignment ahead. Because in the Greek, that word refreshing in Acts 3.19 means a recovery of breath. And that's the refreshing of the battle, of the warfare, of the dryness, the barrenness, or wherever we just need that. And it also says it means revival. And he's reviving us. So just receive. There's another part to this, but Holy Spirit, we receive the reviving, refreshing breath of the Spirit of the Lord into the very places we need it. We receive that, God. we We receive it to be revived, refreshed, from the past where we need it up until now in the present and revived in the present for the future that you're bringing us into starting tonight. The things that you have for us. We receive that refreshing. And then as I just, as I kept just looking at that, he began to show me something else and it was, it was like, He focused on our hearts, beloved. He was focusing on our hearts. And I didn't know what he was doing until he gave me this passage of scripture from Revelation 22. And I saw the river of life flowing from him through our hearts, into our hearts and through our hearts. And I'm just gonna read the first few verses from the Passion Translation, but I wanna read it for how he was showing this to me for what he was doing for us. It says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, but I would say what God was saying is the river, this river, beloved, is flowing into the middle of your heart right now. And on either side of the river in your heart, there is a tree of life. And it's bearing 12 kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. That's continual refreshing. That's continual revival. That's continual fruit of the spirit in and through our lives from the tree of life. And the Lord showed me before I read the last few verses, he said, Where the enemy has tried to bring ungodly fruit and things that were not of the Lord through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord was saying tonight, I want you to know that there's a river of refreshing from my heart, from my throne flowing into your heart. And it bears and brings the fruit of the tree of life to redeem and restore those places. And it goes on to say, the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. But he's saying, it's very personal. It's for your healing. So God, we receive the healing. And every curse is broken and no longer exists. I feel His Spirit is saying that the Lord is saying and decreeing that every curse that has been against you is part of that resistance, is part of that warfare. It is being broken by this refreshing rain. It is being broken by the Spirit and the breath of life of from the river of God flowing from His heart and His throne to us. It is being broken. So I'm just going to declare it that, God, you are breaking the curses that have been over us and against us. For your word says a curse undeserved shall not rest. It shall not rest or alight upon us. So we decree that every curse is being broken and no longer exists. That's verse three of Revelation 22. For the throne of God and of the lamb will be there in the city. But he's saying in your heart is my throne for me and, and Jesus. And because of that, there is no longer a curse. He is breaking a curse to set us free and reviving us for for the vision he's given us, for the assignment, for what he's moving us into. And he says his loving servants will serve him. They will always see his face. We will always see his face. We will always see his face no matter where we go, no matter where he sends us. We will always see his face. God, keep our eyes upon your face in the midst of wherever you take us to see what you're doing, to align with what you're doing. And it says, and his name will be on our foreheads. Beloved, we are his. We are his children. His name is on our foreheads. And it says, night will be there no more, and they will never need the light of the sun for the lamp because the Lord God will shine on them and they, we, will reign as kings forever and ever. God, thank you for just the reign of your presence the rain of your refreshing and the river of your love and your power flowing through our hearts, reviving us tonight from the things past into present. God, you are restoring and bringing your refreshing and you are reviving us in this moment, in these times of refreshing for present future to go forward from here, from this night. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, and we receive it in Jesus' name.
4: Important reminder for us, you know, as Mike was sharing about how God doesn't want us to be comfortable because we really don't enter into rest until we're uncomfortable. As I wrote, read down, you know, I followed him on in Hebrews three and Hebrews four. But at the end of Hebrews four, it really hit me. It says, "Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold, hold firmly." To the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. And I don't know why it's a double negative, but basically it's saying we do have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. And that word weaknesses mean when we can't do it in our own power, when we're going through struggles. When do you need grace? When do you need mercy? Well, you need mercy when you mess up, because mercy is not getting what you what you deserve and it's really interesting it goes on to say where it says we have a high priest who's able to empathize with our struggles our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence you see when you mess up or when you feel weak or when you feel like I can't accomplish this in my own power, we feel weak and we feel bummed and we, we tend to draw back. But notice it says here, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy. <laughs> when do you need mercy? When you're struggling, when you're going through it, when you mess up. And find grace to help us in our time of need. You're going to find grace when you're in a time of need much more than you are when, you, when, you, when everything's going smoothly. So what Mike said was, I think that's really powerful, and this really nails it. When you're going through it, that's why I believe that's why Paul wrote, you know, and James wrote as well, rejoice when you're really going through it. You know? I mean, that doesn't seem to make sense, but God's doing a great thing, and we, that's when we need his grace. When everything's going great, We don't need his mercy. We don't really need his grace. I mean, we do, but we don't think we do because, hey, we're on top of it. So I got to tell you, it's so important not to get down on yourself because we have a high priest. He can sympathize. He's been tempted in every way like we are. and, And that word also means tried. He's gone through trials like we have, but he never sinned. And so in those times of weaknesses, I, I got to tell you, it's so important. I do a lot of counseling, and, 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 and this just drives us through. In those times, that's what we need is mercy, and we need his grace. And it's there for us. But we have to notice, we have to come boldly to the throne of grace. If we just snivel up and shrivel, you know, snivel up and say, oh, God, that's not going to get it done. He wants us to come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need. And lots of times I've seen people, and in in, in myself included, when I'm in a time of need, what do I do? I pull back, and I feel bad. No. That's when we need him most. That's when we go toward him. And that's when we let his, him just, we receive mercy. That's what it says. It's really interesting. Oh, I just lost it. <laughs> anyway, we receive mercy, and we've got to go after the grace. It's just not automatic. If we snivel back and hold back, it's not going to be there. So, Lord Jesus, (laughs) Mike's giving me the sign to pray, but I was going to pray. That was good timing. Anyway, Lord Jesus, help us in our time of need to recognize your mercy is there and your grace is there. Lord, help us to come boldly to the throne of grace because you empathize and understand what we're going through. Other people might not understand, but you do. So help us to press into you. Lord, that's how we grow in grace. That's how we become the people you've called us to be. That's how we become more like Jesus. Not by being perfect and having pride in how well we're doing, but coming humbly to this throne of grace and pressing in with boldness in Jesus' name. And everybody said So that's crazy, Jr. because
5: I was walking back there and I just felt like the Lord stopped me and specifically say, like, tell them to not underestimate my grace and my mercy. And it's crazy because I, I was going to leave his head now. And, and um, it brought me to Joel 2. And in Joel 2, verse 12, there's this crazy thing. He says, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. And it was this thing of like, when judgment's declared, when there's no, like like it seems like it's final. It seems like the coffin's shut. There's this thing that says, yet even now. Like, don't stop coming back to grace. Don't stop coming back to the Lord. Don't underestimate his ability and his mercy and his kindness don't underestimate the mercies of God and that's all that's what I wanted to say You have to pray pray? (laughs) of course I will Lord Jesus um, Father God we thank you that you are who you are that you're the one that (laughs) We can't understand or comprehend the grace or the mercy that you have. In our heads, Lord Jesus, it doesn't make sense. And it's because it's greater than we could ever imagine. I ask right now, even now, yet even now, for the person, for for, for where we feel like it's impossible or where we think that we don't have... (laughs) We've come to you the 100,000th time, the 70 times 7,000th time, Lord Jesus, we're coming back. Remind us that you are the God who is merciful and gracious, and that if we would rend our hearts, that you, oh Lord, are the one that would leave a blessing behind. And we love you for that. This is why we come, because of your goodness because we know we can come back and that you are the the cleanser and redeemer. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Sunday night, I was uh, just processing what took place on Easter Sunday. I asked the Lord, I said, God, what would would stop your grace from flowing in this place? And he said three things. He said, um, sin, which is an obvious one, hardened heart and disobedience. And he took me to a couple different places and I'm going to pray into it. I'm just going to pray through it actually. But he took me to 2 Kings with Elisha and the widow and the oil. And then I said, God, on the, on the flip side of that, I said, God, what will keep your oil flowing? Not what will stop it, but what will keep it flowing? And he took me to Luke, um, where it talks about the measure and what we're pouring out. So, God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you for the woman. I thank you for the widow, Lord. I thank you for the widow, God. I thank you for Elisha, called of God. God, I thank you for the blessing, God, that Elisha was in that moment. I thank you for the widow, Lord, that said, go collect the jars and bring them back. Don't just grab a few is what Scripture says. This is where that disobedience came in. They only grabbed a few. (laughs) So, Lord, I thank you, God, that we would be obedient in this hour. That if you say, Lord, don't don't collect a few, that means many. Lord, let us collect many. And it says in the Scripture, Lord, I thank you that your word says this. It says that the widow asked for more jars And the son said, I have no more. And at that very moment is when the oil stopped flowing. God, I thank you. Just like revivals where you start every single one of them and it's only man that puts a halt to every revival. The same way with your grace and pouring it out, Lord. It's you that poured out the oil. It's you in your grace filling the vessels, filling us, stepping forward in faith, just as, as J.R. Uh, said that earlier, just stepping boldly to the throne of grace. When in faith, Lord, activating the oil. I would say that the faith actually activates the oil, to point out the grace that's being poured into us to do what we couldn't do in our own flesh. So God, I thank you for that. Let us not stop. And God, even as your word says in Luke, for it's the measure that we pour out. Hard pressed, shaken. For the measure that we pour out, it will be measured back to us. This is the flip side, Lord, and I thank you for what we press into, Lord. When we don't stop, when we are obedient, God. When we go, when we go after the things of you, Lord. You pour out in an equal measure. So let us be measuring, Lord. Let us be measuring with large containers. Not small shot glasses or spoonfuls or tablespoons, Lord. But let us be measuring, Lord, with a great measure. And when we think in our own small minds, Lord, it's enough, it's not. Let us continue to knowing, God, that you'll pour back in, God, what we put in. So, God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for pouring out of the oil in this hour, Lord, for your grace. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, Steve's going to pray, and then we're going to close here.
6: Tracy, thanks. Is thinking the same thing with Elisha and the king. Take the arrows and strike the ground. He struck the ground three times, and he looks at the king and goes, You should have struck it five or six times, and you would have beat the king of Syria. And what the Lord brought me tonight, it's not an easy word. They're not always easy. But Zechariah 4, speaking to Zerubbabel, he says this, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. When you finish the temple, you're going to know that this is what I called you to do. Then you're going to know that I gave you the grace to do it. To it remind you of anything? But Moses said to God, There are just times when I go, Father, do you really work this way? Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Exodus 3. He said, but I will be with you. Here it is. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. When you've done everything I sent you to do, then you'll know that I sent you to do it. I want a map ahead of time. I want a checklist. But he doesn't work that way. So whatever you feel he is calling you to, don't expect a checklist ahead of time. When you complete it, then you will know that he has been with you. Father, thank you that You're the one who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you. Do not fear, do not be dismayed. But when it's completed, then we will know that you are walking with us. I want it on the front end, not the back end. So give us the grace to accept that we understand when we've completed and not at the beginning. And we'll walk with it by faith. Amen. Amen.
0: It's good. All right. guys stand? Just close with this here. I, uh, so, just to tie with what Steve said, it isn't how we start, That's good. it is how we finish the race. And we have the grace of God to finish the race that has been marked out for us we have his grace as we set our eyes upon him the words of paul this is in acts 9 or in acts 20 he says and now compelled by the spirit i'm going to jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there i only know that in every city the holy spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me this is a place of uncomfortable <laughs> stayed in that place of discomfort and then he says this however i consider my life worth nothing to me if only that I may finish the race and complete the task just what, what Steve was saying there as we, we are to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord has given us and then he says this the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace so Lord we thank you that we have your grace, Lord, that it is that grace, grace, that we step into an authority that is not of our own, but it is of the kingdom of heaven, and it comes by you, Jesus, that you give us all that we need. You give us the divine power to complete the very things, the tasks that are set before us, just as Paul knew the task that was set before him, compelled by the Spirit. Lord, I thank you that we, every one of us, would be compelled by the Spirit. Lord, that we would would run boldly into the throne room of grace. Lord, we do need your mercy. We do need your grace. We need all that you have for us. We're never meant to do this alone. We can't do it. It's your grace that sustains us. Lord, I pray that you would give us a new understanding, a new revelation of who you are and how we come to you we're we're so we need to be so drawn to you that there there's there's nothing else that sustains us in life and lord that we would walk in a place of boldness by your spirit into the very things you call us into not fearful that we wouldn't be those like the israelites that that were in unbelief, that were in fear, and that kept him from actually walking into the promised land. Lord, I thank you that we are a people, or there's a remnant people here, that we are to do your will, to walk in your ways, and it is the grace of God that sustains us by faith to move into the fullness of everything that you've called us into. So, Father, I just thank you for those words. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Compare that to, to Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Approach the throne room of grace with confidence, and I will give you mercy, and you will find grace. Father, I thank you for this understanding of your grace. I pray a blessing and a protection and a strength of your spirit upon every person here, upon everyone watching online. Lord, may we be compelled by your spirit, and may we complete the task that is set before us by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.